0: Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer, time for another Milwaukee Sports Timeout, 55 past the hour here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Time uh, to talk with our guy from Valley Sports, Wisconsin, Brewers analyst. He is Tim Dillard. Follow him on Twitter at Tillard. Of course, brought to you by the fine folks over there at 4th Base Restaurant. Yeah, you can go get a burger and a beer, but what about the crab legs? What about the steaks? What about all the high-end food? Check it out there at 4th Base Restaurant. Uh, Tim, let's first start off talking about this Brewers team, who in their last six series that they've played are 5-0, and one they are rolling for sure right now
1: yeah haven't lost a series in that time frame i mean that's what you want right you start stacking up these series but uh the one thing that i've seen is that they're just playing good baseball all the way around and i think one of the games they lost against cincy is you know the cincy became they're a really scrappy club uh that was the game the Ellie of the Cruz stole three bases in an inning yep. and they were putting the pressure on the brewers and for what I've seen the last probably couple weeks, this team has been putting pressure on everybody. That's the only instance I can think of where I felt like the other team was putting more pressure on the staff, on the, the uh, lineups and stuff. So that's a really great sign because that is all we saw in Cincinnati was straight up every inning Brewers putting pressure uh, on the other team.
0: Time with Tim Diller live from the Wendy's studios. Don't forget, get your strawberry frosty today for a limited time. Only strawberry or chocolate frosty will make everything a lot better for you this summer. Tim, what's been the most impressive thing about the Brewers so far this year? I think it might be Craig Council's best managerial job.
1: Yeah, I've said that a lot. I may have said this on your show last week. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think anybody else could manage this club the way he's doing it. I think he could be and should be. Manager of the year thus far. I mean, I guess there's plenty of time to screw it up. If he, <laughs> uh, I don't see that happening. I see him. His track record is phenomenal. But the biggest thing that I, I don't think it's a surprise, uh, but in some ways it is, is the bullpen. There's a lot of questions coming out of spring training, but guys have filled roles and they have taken off with it. Uh, the, the three-headed monster that's down there in Piguero, PyOMps and Williams. Yep. Listen, the games that they're coming into are tied or one-run ball games. Like that feels like all they're coming into. The game is on the line. They have zero room for error uh, and they're getting the job done. I'm telling you, if you're a guy and you're getting, you know, saves in the bullpen and you have three runs to work with every time, uh, there's some breathing room there. Yeah, you get a give up a leadoff double, then you can start balking some folks. They're coming into games where they have no room for error. There's no margins there. They have to be perfect. And they've done that. That is, we knew the bullpen was going to be good. We didn't know what it was going to look like, but this has been an outstanding bullpen all the way around.
0: I, I've followed a lot of baseball and done a lot of postgame shows with Tim Allen over the years back in the day on SSP. Uh, talked to a lot of players. I've never heard of anybody getting their arm caught in an outfield wall shagging fly balls before. That's a new one on me. That's apparently what Rowdy Tellez did and then ripped the his nail bed off or something uh, on top of it. Have you ever heard of such a thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's stuff like that happens all the time. It's just not as high profile of guys. I mean, I've gotten hurt by the wall before really Think about Mariano Rivera, Mariana Rivera blew his knee out on the warning track, power shagging.
0: Oh, right. Um, I remember that. And
1: that's, that's what Tellez was doing too. I was, we were watching uh, from the booth, Jeff Levering and I, and I looked up and I said, Hey, is that rowdy out in left center? And he was like running balls down and working on his footwork. And he was really good out there too. And we must've turned our backs or, you know, tried to do our job. <laughs> And then suddenly, you know we're finding out later that that something had happened. but um yeah, it is unfortunate. and who knows what that means going forward for the trade deadline maybe maybe he won't be back until after that, so they may consider making a move
0: uh, Tim, I, I expand on the term power shagging and what that is,
1: oh, yeah, I guess that's the common lingo, but um, that's what a lot of guys do to just kind of stay in shape, you know, that baseball movement, Mariano Rivera, obviously the most famous one, when he got hurt, people were asking me like, Hey, are you going to stop power shagging? Because it's, you know, guys are getting hurt. And I was like, I think more people care that Mariano Rivera got hurt rather than Tim Dillard. <laughs> 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 so I kept doing it, but no, early in my career, there was a hangup, you know, nobody likes to shag, Pitchers hate shagging, boo, you know, you're supposed to sit out there and complain and. I didn't want to do that. Uh, I'm not that kind of guy. So I just said, you know what, I'm just going to run after every ball that's close. And so what you do is you just trick yourself. Hey, today I'm an outfielder, right? Like you take batting practice every day and you find a gap. You don't get in anybody's way. You know, as Tyrone Taylor was taking uh, fly balls or taking live off the bat, you know, you, you play behind them or in the gap and you get the balls that they can't get to or don't want. Um, and then, but instead of just walking over there nonchalantly, run over there, pick it up and throw it into the bucket. And it kind of keeps you in shape. And I will say that's one of the biggest things I miss about playing is the fact that you just get to get out there in the grass, run around, talk to guys, uh, and pretend you're an outfielder. I mean, the real outfielders get to do that every day, but for a pitcher, that's power shagging.
0: Yeah. No question about it. You know, the one thing too, about this baseball team, uh, as they're sitting in first place, uh, over the Cincinnati Reds right now is, if you look at this lineup, I mean, there's names in this lineup I don't think anybody thought was going to be contributors to start the year. And they always say coming out of spring training, just because you're on the team in spring training on opening day, doesn't mean, uh, you know, that uh, you'll still be on the team two, three months from now. And those guys in AAA won't be on this team. Or teams in other clubs that may be released may be on this team. They've really found uh, different guys from different areas have come in to be able to contribute when probably nobody saw it coming.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody knew exactly what they were going to get, but for me, some of the three biggest standouts. I mean, you went and picked up William Contreras, so of course, right? Um, you you expect there's a certain level of expectation. You know, just going off his track record, being an All-Star last year. Uh, but one big one was Owen Miller. They pick up Owen Miller, and he has not only you know swung the bat extremely well in clutch situations. He's been consistent the entire season, and his defense is above average, well above average. Uh, a lot of sometimes that gets overlooked. Um, and I also think that Joey Weimer uh, did make opening day roster. You're looking at it like how in the world did he not make it? Because where would this team be without him uh, in that regard? Because he takes over center field for Garrett Mitchell. Hadn't played a lot of center field, but he is keeping runs off the board. Him and Bryce Terrain, their defense is, is uncanny. And there's a reason there's so many low-scoring games just because of those two guys. And then, of course, I think Joel well, Payam's. Pyon's kind of the – Nobody really saw coming. Um, for whatever reason, the Brewers picked him up. They saw something. They helped him with a slider, and then suddenly it's one of the best pitches in baseball uh, coming out of the bullpen. So what he's done uh, has single-handedly helped this ball club immensely, especially when you had a lot of question marks. Who's going to be the eighth guy? Who's going to be the seventh guy? And um, the way it's lined up, is has been pretty amazing.
0: With Miley going to the IL with uh, elbow discomfort, still waiting on Brandon Woodruff to come back. Trade deadline quickly approaching. We've been saying the whole time that obviously the bats are probably the one thing that they need more than anything. Uh, have you changed your mind? Uh, is starting pitching maybe somewhere that you'd like to add now with these two guys where they were at or no?
1: Um, I mean, luckily, you know, Wade Miley going on the IL. you still have Colin Ray. Yep. Colin Ray has stepped up all year. He has earned that spot. I haven't checked my emails or anything. They may have already announced him. I have no idea. I just took my family to the zoo. So I didn't check my emails while I was watching some you know leopards climb. They the have fences, not announced so. it. I have my email <laughs> open. We've got nothing so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you would think, right, that that, that would be the, the no-brainer because he has stepped up. Hauser has stepped up in a big way. Heyron pitching today. Um, looking for big things from him and luckily they do have that depth and yeah you would like to have Miley because when he's healthy he's he's better than good and um, you start looking at possibly getting Woodruff back in the next three weeks or a month I talked to him a good bit on this trip and I mean it's the hype is real he feels really good. Talking with
0: Tim Dillard, follow him on Twitter at Dim Tillard. Of course, catch him. uh, Brewers-Phillies, analyst for the Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, the first-place Milwaukee Brewers, we should uh, point out, each and every time we talk about them. They may be there the rest of the year at this point. It seems like it's a two-team race uh, at this point. Are you counting out the rest of the division? Because I kind of am.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you feel like they kind of solidified that, but this is baseball. they They don't think that way. They think, okay, we got the Phillies today. Everyone else is going to play everyone else, and that's something to worry about later. But they have the Phillies. The Phillies are won seven of their last ten. They've won three in a row. Um, they looked really good against the Padres. Um, I don't know. That's, that's the matchup, right? That's all they care about. Um, but they do they do enjoy the fact that they do have the clenching tiebreaker, the way it works now, over the Reds. And they've already clenched that, even though they play them in a couple series again. Um, essentially, it won't matter. If they tie at the end, they have the advantage. No more game 163, right?
0: That's correct. Yeah, thank God. I, I don't want to do that ever again. That, that you talk about stress. I mean, I know there's stress on a player, but the fans get stressed out over that stuff, too, those one-game things where you're in or you're not. Tim, thanks so much for coming on. I look forward to talking to you again next week, buddy. Appreciate
1: it. All right. Thanks, Sparky.